to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. We are here to podcast about anything and everything Star Wars with you. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash r-a-b-r kyledrickinson.us That's r-a-b-r dot k-a-i-l-e-j-o-h-a-n-s-e-n dot u left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at R-A-B-R-K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. And now, it's time to talk Star Wars. I am Kyle Brown Johansson, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say hello. 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 Anybody? Oh, yeah. Um, Scott's not here again. Uh, this time he's on vacation. I think he's getting used to not doing this uh, podcast. You know, he's realized that oh, he doesn't have to do it. I can do it by myself. I mean, it's kind of nice to have him do it with us because there's a little interaction there. I like uh, more than just my opinion, but uh, that's great. Um, and we could also use your feedback. So, you know, bring that on. We need uh, all the feedback we can get. We've got questions of the week, and you can do predictions. You can tell us we're lying and whatever you want to do. Anyway, so today we're reviewing Star Wars and or... Episode 7, The Announcement. So, boys and girls, please take your seats in the Rebel Alliance briefing room. Spoiler alert. Danger, you are about to be spoiled. This is your spoiler alert. We were about to talk candidly and explicitly about some TV shows or movies. If you have not watched them, please fast forward to the appropriate section. You will not be warned again. Yeah, so there is no appropriate section. Um, so today, uh, everything we talk about in the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room is classified. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that just means don't share it with anybody that hasn't watched Episode 7. So today, like I said, Episode 7, the announcement, um, we're going to go through that here uh, very quickly. Um, I did want to remind you guys again that there are many ways for you to uh, provide us feedback. And we are looking forward to every piece of feedback you can ever provide us. We don't care if you don't know what we're talking about. Just send us some feedback, okay? Uh, so on the uh, left-hand side of the uh, website, there are several links. One of them says uh, question of the week. Uh, you can go there, fill out the question of the week. Um, when you're in there filling out the uh, your response, um, there's a thing at the bottom of the question below the vote button scroll down a little bit there's a comment section you can add comments you can uh tell us why you said or selected the answer you selected or you can say um you know what you thought about this particular uh question or or anything you know hey this question's stupid whatever put it there send it to us we'll talk about it on the next episode all right so the other way on the left hand side again is uh, there's a feedback button. When you get in there, um, it's pretty simple too. Um, there'll be two questions that ask you. Um, first one is, what do you want to be called? What do you, what do you want, want us to call you by? And the second thing is uh, what your feedback is. And this is anything, you know. What you think about this? What's, what's your predictions? What's, you, uh, what's your wild-ass theory? Um, you know, 
did we uh, spell something wrong? Did we pronounce uh, somebody's name wrong? Did we, uh, you know, reference something that's not true? Please send it to us. Anybody, everybody. <laughs> and then, of course, we also do these uh, in video format. And those are up on YouTube. So um, if you type in uh, HTTPS video.rabr.kylejohansson.us, that'll take you directly to our YouTube channel. You can look at our videos. We can watch them, do whatever you got to do there. And as we all know, uh, underneath uh, the video in the YouTube page, there's a comment section. Please comment there. We'll review those comments and talk about them on the podcast. So please do all that. Um, don't forget, I'm going to talk about this again. So get bored, all right? <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, we have a web uh, email address feedback at kylejohansson.us. All right. So let's get started here. So. We start out the episode where uh, Cyril is eating breakfast again. He's uh, Cyril would be uh, the thing. And he's dressing for an interview he's got with the Bureau of Standards. His mother is questioning his decision on what he's wearing. You know, she's nitpicking him again. And uh, in particular, she's talking about the collar being kind of high. You know, he's like, oh, you, you altered it, made it higher and all that stuff in it. You know, I think uh, if you remember, you know, he's got the high collar when he's when he's doing his uh, his military work. He, he likes the collar, and he misses. Uh, I think probably being um, doing the job he was doing. So he has his his suit altered um, so he can have that collar there because it feels kind of cool to him. Um, and she reminds him that Uncle Harlow pulled many favors for him to get this uh, interview. And that we should respect him and, and, and all that stuff. Um, and while she's droning on, suddenly uh, on the news, we uh, the hollow nets, what they call it, um, we hear that there's been a terror attack and robbery at the Imperial Armory on Aldani with multiple fatalities. The broadcaster announces a Galactic Empire has imposed a blockade and launched an investigation. And we hear uh, Edie remark that those conspirators will, will regret what they've done. Because, you know, they're, she knows it's they're going to get in trouble. And uh, I think we kind of get the idea about her political views. She's uh, kind of down with the Empire. She likes uh, uh, what they've done. So, um, meanwhile, we uh, return to the ISB. Um, you know, where the round table of, of, uh, white, white spirited people are and, um, Colonel Wolf Yarin is addressing the other senior ISB officials vowing the empire will retaliate swiftly against, uh, the rebellion attack. He asks them to consider how tight they want to close their fists or, <clears throat> Um, and, uh, he talks about how, uh, they recruit the, str the strongest and best people, um, so that, um, in times like these, they, uh, they have the best people for the job. Um, he also mentions that they are imposing a tribute tax five times the amount of the stolen, uh, credits from Aldani on any sector harboring partisan activity. Uh, and he wants to make it clear that anyone who's, that they want to make it clear that anyone who steals from the empire will pay. He also adds that any local custom customs festivals or traditions used as cover for rebels activities will trigger permanent revocation of imperial tolerance, meaning, you know, they won't tolerate things anymore. They're just going to crack the whip and you don't have a choice. Yeah, so that's uh, some tough rules there. Um, and Yarlin assures the officers that he has spoken with Emperor Palatine and the Emperor has granted ISB access to the Imperial Army and Imperial Navy resources. 
he, he announces that the Emperor will be convening an emergency session of the Imperial Senate to propose legislative packages and bills amending that will give the ISB unlimited powers of surveillance, search, and seizure. Unlimited. So, I mean, we're talking major... Yeah, they, they can do whatever they want. Uh, go wherever they want and do whatever they need. That's just not... Yeah, I don't like that at all. That's uh, definitely military rule there. Um, and he uh, in the, announces they'll be invoking public order resentencing directive or P-O-R-D later today. Any criminal act that act with the indirect effect on the empire be classified as a class one offense. All sentenced, all prisoners will be sentenced and evaluated on all outstanding fines and levies and are to be paid in full. Uh, and we see our, our uh, lovely Deidre Miro listening and taking all this in. She's thinking, you know, this is kind of uh, strict and whatever, but she's also thinking, hmm, unlimited access for search. Hmm. I'm looking for something. Hmm. Um, and she walks in uh, out of the meeting and walks in on uh, an attendant uh, who is sleeping later and speaks with him and sh uh, she expresses some concerns. And, and, you know, talks to her uh, attendant. Uh, and she thinks that they're playing in, into the rebels' hands, that um, they're uh, doing exactly what the rebels want them to do, not um, enforcing anything. Um, because the rebels think that uh, this will uh, wake people up and make them realize that uh, Empire is, is worse than they thought. Um, and they, uh, she thinks that, um, the incident is a Ros it was classified as a robbery, um, but it's actually an announcement. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. So they're announcing themselves. They're, uh, you know, that was their coming out ceremony. Ta-da! Look at me! Rebel, here we are. Yay! So, instead of, uh, cannons with, uh, blue and pink, uh, Tellers are caked as pink in the middle. It's, uh, boom, we took your money. <laughs> Rebels. Yeah, so. <clears throat> we uh, return back to Coruscant, and Luthen is listening to his uh, transmitter um, about n news about the credits that were stolen on Aldani, um, the heist. And we hear that all of the military personnel have been replaced and are being interrogated uh, by the ISB. Uh, the broadcast also confirms that the tracking devices on the escape craft were disabled before reaching hyperspace. In addition, 134 Aldani residents have been taken into custody under suspicion for abetting the terrorists. Uh, and um, Luthen's assistant says, tells uh, him that um, Mon Mothma has come to visit and to wipe the smile off his face. And uh, so he comes out from the back room and, uh, you know, this uh, business that he's in is, is officially called uh, Galactic Antiquities and Objects of Interest. Mothma apologizes for her abrupt visit she said she was on her way and she wanted to drop off this present that she was going to give her husband. He doesn't really like it. Perrin doesn't really like it. So um, she wants to possibly um, look at the other one that uh, Luthen suggested, the uh, you know jagged sword looking thing. And um, they go inside and that's when they, that's when they start to talk the, uh, the, uh, driver stands outside, so he can't really hear. Um, but they are, you know, putting on their act. They got the smiles and the laughs, and the, you know, so it looks like they're being cordial and whatever. Um, but Mothma is asking um, Luthen uh, 
if he was responsible for the heist. And uh, Luthen doesn't really give her an answer, but she he basically says that, um, you know that 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 she knows the answer already. And revolutions are expensive, and uh, they need as many funds as possible. Um, and then they move the to the matter of uh, Mothma's family funds, which um, she's having trouble assessing, and. Uh, she she promises that she'll get that taken care of. Um, that she's working on it. The meeting is tonight, um, and he wants her to uh, get back to her once the meeting's over. Um, and and she keeps pressing um, Luthan on um, questions about the uh, the heist, and uh, he reminds her that uh, that he explained the risks of new faces. And, and, but she persisted, uh, and and she asks him if he realizes the gravity of what he has done, and she tells him um, that, or he tells him that she's planning to build a network. But Luthen reminds her that turning back will be impossible. He counters that she could, she knew the risks and described the network as a weapon. Uh, and they've waited long enough. Motham is concerned of the repercussions of the heist, but uh, Luthen explains that that is his plan was to get the emperor to overreact. Dun, dun, dun. He's making his announcement. Um, and, and he, he kind of mentions that the uh, Aldani, uh, Incident has invigorated them with struggle, invigorated their struggle, and replies that that people will suffer. Uh, Mothma replies that people will suffer, and uh, Luthen says that's the plan, and adds that there will be no rules going forward. Returning to business, uh, Luthen tells Mothma that the rebellion will need every credit that they can get their hands on, and to let her know how the meeting goes. And that's when Mothma says she won't be purchasing the piece this morning. And he laughs uh, cordially and tells her that more pieces will be coming soon. As Kayla, the assistant in the shop, listens um, and watches, they, they both watch her, um, I guess, limousine leave. She says, I hope she's worth it. And Rafi, or Luthen says that they will see and adds what, what that they can't hide anymore. Um, they need to, they need to come out and basically, you know, the announcement they're they're out in the open. <clears throat> and, uh, now we go back, uh, to Cyril and he is, uh, during his interview, he's getting a tour of the Bureau of Standards. Uh, you know, his supervisor talks about the work, and, you know, including weights and gauges and redundancies and verification. And the supervisor questions Carnes or Cyril about the his prior employment on Morlanda 1. Um, and Cyril explains that, the, that, that a rebel murderer is running free due to corruption and lax, laxity in the corporate authority. Um, Cyril believes that he was punished for trying to uphold the law and do his job of upholding public safety. He, uh, you know, he mentions that there was two colleagues that were murdered, and he believes in the law, and they, whoever did that should be punished. Um, and that he is going to work to get his name and record expunged. Um, and the supervisor asks if he needs any help, and there is a job opening immediately in fuel impurity. And that's when uh, they motion to to the actual desk he's going to be at. And during these scenes when they're talking, it's, it's you see a huge cube farm. I mean, it's the cube farm from hell. This is a uh, this building here, Bureau of Standards. That's all they do is cubes, I guess. Huh? But they they've got a lot of people that are working for them. Um, elsewhere, a hooded 
Kayla walks past Imperial Security in the foyer of a public walkway. This is a, a big scene where we see her walking through the city, um, avoiding everybody and every, everything like that. And uh, she meets up in a secluded area with... Uh, she, she's walking through, and, and then we switch to uh, Deidre, uh, Miro, our uh, ISB female focused that we're on, and she goes to the uh, data vault and requests access for two years' worth of data from from an unkept attendant, Feluzi, Felizonis. Um, this is the guy who his tunic is, is loose. And he was asleep, and you know he's uh, un unkept and, and and stuff. And she, you know, makes sure he knows that she knows what was going on. And she asks for a survey pool of the facilities, and, and then there were resources and uh, records of all missing avionics, comms, navigation, and targeting equipment. Um, and she, when she asks. When he asks what star systems does she want it from, she says all of them, and uh, and she asks for the report to be kept confidential with a copy sent exclusively to her office. And Miro asks uh, Filzonis to be discreet. And you know we go back to Aldani and we see Sintas um, mounting a speeder bike. As she watches the an Imperial Star Destroyer fly over uh, the Sacred Valley, um, and she's going down this this steep hill. It looks like almost like uh, more of the a coal looking stuff. So she's zooming through and skittering around a little bit on the on there. Um, you know, looks kind of fun. And uh, back on Coruscant. Uh, Kello meets up with Val in a, a discreet area in the city, and she asks about the whereabouts of Andor and says that she shouldn't even be here. Um, Val replies that neither of them should be here and reassures her that the money is safe. Uh, Kello, Kello, Kello praises Val for hiding the money securely and her excess in recruiting um, the recruits uh, and Val says that that uh, Avril Skeen uh, will be missed, but uh, we knew he was kind of rogue anyway. Um, she asks about Sintas, and Kel says that she is doing what she's told. Soldiers follow orders, right? Um, and warns her about the dangers of sending and receiving messages. She turns to the matter of Clem, whose real identity she had, uh, reveals is Cassian Andor, um, and regards him as at a loose end. And Kella asks, uh, Kella tasks Senta with killing Andor to conceal the knowledge of Andor. Before leaving, she promises to send what she has on Andor. I think it should say Val instead of Sentus. Um, and then we switch to a scene back on, um, uh, Ferex, uh, hooded Andor, Andor returns to his family home on Ferex and is greeted by, um, uh, his adoptive mother, Marva and B2EMO. Um, and I, I thought it was funny that you, you noticed he, uh, he, he touched the, the droid letting him know that he was glad to see him too and, and all that stuff. Um, and Marva warns Andor that he can't stay. He, he just can't stay. The Empire has expelled the Preox Morlin and um, has taken over Ferex. She re reiterates that he shouldn't be there and reveals that Tim Carlo is the one who betrayed him. And he's like, what? Marva reveals that Tim was killed by the Corpos and that Bix tried to warn Andor but was captured as well. Um, Tim was killed in the process of trying to stop her from um, going to see Andor. 
Uh, Marva tells Andor that the Empire is here to stay, and Andor invites his mother and, and B to EMO to flee with him, claiming that he has won enough credits to leave. Andor wants them to leave tonight for a warmer world as the kettle hisses uh, from the tea that she started. Andor talks about his plans of escaping off-world with his family and decides to delay their plans to the following day uh, because Merva is tired and she, he also wants to speak to Bix one more one last time. Uh, and then we switch over to uh, Mothman Mothma at her party. And it's a pretty big party, and they've got a pretty, you know, foo-foo spread and all this uh, crap. There's uh, all kinds of uh, ISB officers that she has to, you know, walk around and avoid. Um, and she meets with a a Candelarian man named Take Holma, who is an old friend and a banker. Um, apparently, they went to school together. Tay talks about. Uh, Mothma's career and says that he cannot imagine living on Coruscant. Uh, everything is too uh, too fancy, and uh, and we see Perrin, um, her husband, talking with some ladies nearby, and Mon um, Mothma is about to talk about something confidential with Tay when they are joined by uh, her daughter Lita who uh, Mothma introduced, introduces Tay to, and uh, she tells Tay that this is an old family friend who runs the bank of Colma and is close to her sisters. Uh, which, I think that's where Mon Mothma is from, is from Chandler and um, not wanting to be in her mother's shadow uh Lita asks permission to uh, be excused. Uh, and then um, Mon Mothma leaves Tay, le leads Tay to a secluded area um, and tells Tay that he, he needs his help for a political plan. Tay is cautious about getting involved in anything political despite his views on the Empire. Uh, he warns that some of his colleagues have taken their political allegiances too far. Um... To avoid arousing suspicion, um, Mothma keeps encouraging Tay to uh, smile and drink, drink up uh, on his drinks, and you know, pretend like they're being re reminiscing. Um, and she explains that she's been putting up a front as a senator um, who is unpopular causes uh, advocate for separatist do-gooders. And uh, imperial, imperial overreach. She says it's all a, an act. He replies that he does not want, know what she's talking about. And uh, she explains that her persona is not real. And that the Grand Visor has infiltrated the Separatist Coalition meetings. Uh, and she's aware that her driver is an ISB plant who monitors her humanitarian activities. Uh, Mothma wants the Empire to think that she is an irritation in order to conceal her true purpose, which is raising money. Mothma tells Tay that Tay's help seeks Tay's help in accessing her family account for establishing a Chandelarian Charity Outreach Foundation. Tay will serve as chairman of the foundation, and she doesn't, she can't access these these um, funds through normal um, normal avenues and then Tay responds that she hasn't really answered uh, his question and uh, Tay she tells Tay that you know in, in case you you don't agree with my political views and Basically, she's kind of saying that, you know, our views are kind of aligned. Um, and we see her husband, Perrin, approach. And she warns Tay that um, Perrin is unaware of anything 
um, and not, and he's not to be trusted. And Perrin reminds uh, Mothma of upcoming reunion reunion that they're having for you know school reunion, and uh, and and try and, and he says that there's a few people that um, she uh, she needs to talk to you know uh, smooth a little bit more. Um, and Mothma tells Tay that they will continue this conversation later. Uh, so we go back to Ferex with uh, Andor. Um, and he is uh, he's in crawling over uh, a wall uh, to get into the um, um, work area of uh, Bix. Um, and he calls her on an intercom. Um, that's outside of one of the uh, secure doors, and uh, they they do some talking about uh, meeting her father. And, well, the first time when he climbed over the wall, um, and Bix tells him he should not be here; it's not safe. Um, and Bix briefly mentions the death of Tim and blames Andor for putting the entire town at risk by killing two corpos and returning home to hide. Andor tries to blame Tim, but Bix points out that that Andor cheats, lies, and steals. And Andor accepts the has to leave. Uh, Bix says that she not does not know the identifier. It does not know the identity of the buyer. But encountered the man through Pack, which is another person. I think we met him. We saw him on one of the, the previous episodes. Yeah. Uh, the Dunferrix operated the uh, Sky Guard in town, so he works um, with her. Not at, at the actual same thing, but. They have a, a working relationship. Um, she explains that they communicate via comlink. Uh, when Andor asks Bix how Luthan knows so much about him, Colleen says that she did not share information about Andor. Um, and that Luthan has held up his side of the deal. Um, that he needs to, and he needs to forget, she needs to forget about him now. Um, and he gives, uh, Bix, um, 12,000 credits that he owes for, um, all his debts to, uh, Zanwan, Nurichu, Brazo, and Dima. Um, and he, uh, you know, she, she warns him to be careful. Um, and he climbs back over the wall. Uh, while walking through the streets, um, uh, Andor hides around the corner to avoid some uh, stormtroopers that are marching, you know, doing their clunk, clunk, clunk marching routine. Um, and he flashes back to his his father, Clem, um, watching uh, clone troopers parading. And, uh, you know, during the parade, uh, a lot of the locals are throwing uh, rocks at uh, people, and um, the uh, supervisor finally tells them to halt, and they're going to arrest uh, citizens for throwing rocks. And of course, um, Clem is there trying to prevent people from throwing rocks and breaking up, you know, any kind of fights or whatever. And he is uh, caught in the middle. Um, and is arrested, and we see later on he was hung uh, not long after that for, you know, whatever crimes he did um, that he didn't do. Um, and, and back in the uh, back in the home um, with Marva, uh, Andor greets uh, B2 and Marva, and tell, she tells her son that she is not leaving. Um, she has, uh, she, she's getting too old for this, basically. Um, 
she uh, she says the the empire is everywhere, and it the, she, there's no point of running from them. Um, and Andor says they're gonna they're, he's gonna find a place that has no imperial presence. Um, and, and she says you know there is no refuge. Uh, I'm gonna stay here. Um, I'm gonna hold out. Um, you know, I'm I'm willing to wait it out, and I'm um, I, I, you know, I'm a rebel. I need to, uh, I need to rebel. Um, and there, they also there's a little mention there again about uh, uh, Andor's uh, adopted father, Clem, being hung um, in front of the troopers. Uh, she mentions the attack on the Imperial Garrison and tells Andor that she was encouraged by the attack and, uh, and she wants to remain on Ferrix to um, continue her own uh, rebel fight. Uh, and Andor doesn't really tell her that, she, that he was uh, part of that heist. Um, he dismisses the robbery but believes Merva that people are standing up. Andor thinks that fighting against the Empire is futile, but Merva thinks that running away is not um, not the best way of fighting them. She accepts that her son has a different path uh, due to his traumatic childhood. She counsels him on running away and finding peace, but Andor continues to say that, they're, that he's leaving. Um... And she replies that she has nothing for love but for Andor and expresses that, uh, you know, hopefully they'll, their paths will cross again. And uh, the droid B2MEO tries to speak, but Marva shush shushes him down. Um, and Andor walks out. Uh, And she tells him on his way out to stop looking for his sister because she believes there were no survivors on Canari. And she will say what what happened is not his responsibility because he was a child. So, she, you know, he thinks he's trying to find her because, you know, he's the reason that, that she's, uh, you know, missing and doing what she wants, doing things she doesn't want to do. Um, and now we return back to Coruscant at the ISB office, and uh, we hear uh, an officer, Lonnie June, uh, proposing several theories about his sector. Um, and the Major orders a full audit of all hyperspace routes to Ordmantle, and Lieutenant Supervisor Belvin. Uh, lodges a complaint against Supervisor Miro for overreacting, overreaching into her sector. And that's when um, the Major Paractigas asks Miro to explain. And Miro counters that Blevin seems to be more interested in her conduct than advancing Imperial uh, security and shifts the spotlight back onto Blevin. Partagas questions Blevin about the recovery of an Imperial NS9 Starpath unit in Ferrix and reminds him that Miro sought access to the crime reports. Blevin claims that Miro's actions violate the chain of command and Deidre contests on his account pointing out that he advised her to reinforce her suspicions with data and to be careful of her work going forward. Uh, Blevelyn counters that Deidre found a way to access the sector's data without filing a request. Uh, Miro acknowledges obtaining the data using the Imperial Emergency Act uh, that was just passed based on the Aldani heist. Um, those are probably the, the uh, laws and... Uh, Restrictions that um, Palpatine was supposed to vote into um, the Congress. 
and we see a mural arguing again the rebellion ignores uh, the artificial sector boundaries which Partagas created. Partagas is defensive about his sector boundaries and Miro explain and asks Miro to explain and Deidre argues that there they there is a focus on organized rebel efforts to obtain restricted imperial military components across all sectors. When Partagas asks for evidence to her claim, Miro says that unfiltered crime reports support a link between their theft of the most secret equipment and its distribution to rebel groups across the galaxy. The uh, major questions her methods and Deidre responds that Belvin is aware she has documented file ready to go to uh, that accuses Belvin of being more concerned with self-preservation than the Empire. Uh, Belvin accuses Miro of ignoring, ignoring the rules and part of grass, the major is impressed with Miro's endeavor and says that he will have to think about it. He reassigns the Milani sector and Ferrix to Miro and orders uh, Grandy Jung to accelerate their efforts in private. Paradigast compliments Miro for playing the game well, but warns her to watch her back. Dun, dun, dun. She's in trouble. And back on, uh, we, we go back to Andor, and he's, uh, we see a, a girl in a, in a bed, and uh, we hear like a shower in the background, and she wakes up and says, and she calls him Keith. Keith, are you there, Keith? Keith? And uh, he's in the shower. Ooh. Um, but unfortunately, ladies, he's wearing pants. But we can see his, his chest. And, you know, that's nothing to slouch about. Um, and he's stealing some credits from some hidden things she's got in the room. Um, though they're on a world called Naomos. We see the little um, heading at when the when the scene beach scene um, comes up on the screen um, and this woman's name is Wendy um, she asks him to buy more pizos in Revenog uh, and we see uh, Andor walking uh, to the store and he he is uh, going through a crowd and someone is acting suspicious and they begin to flee uh, as the stormtroopers uh, or shore troopers um, follow and uh, he gets caught up in the middle and, and appears to be um, running with them and uh, gets captured by a trooper and the trooper does not believe that he is not part of the group um, and he orders a KX security droid to help him for backup. Uh, the droid has finished apprehending the other suspects and Andor attempts to reason with the droid because the uh, shore trooper has told the droid to hang on to him and uh, the KX droid is taking that literally and he grabs Andor by the neck and says hang and raises him up above his head uh, height and it says hang and uh, Andor is pleading with the uh, with the droid and uh, the, the shore trooper to tell the droid that he was supposed to watch him not hang him um, and then we later see uh, Andor is going before a judge as Keith Giro Giro he faces charges of disruption anti-imperial speech and fleeing a scene of an anti-imperial activity and damaging imperial property. Andor protests to the judge saying that he didn't do it and she counsels him against to avoid risking resisting a judge charge. The judge sentences him to six years in prison citing new imperial guidelines. Despite his protest, Andor is hauled off by two shore troopers. Uh, and then we see 
on Coruscant, Cyril is browsing through the records with countless other employees in his cube farm as we watch the credits roll. Credits roll. Yeah, there we go. All right, everybody. So how was that? That was a pretty good show, don't you think? Let me uh, run this real quick while I take a drink or two. And now, a word from our sponsors. Does your bald head take a beating from shaving the sun and all of the things Mother Nature throws your way? Do ladies look at your dry, sunburnt head and cringe? Well, guys, there's a new product out there in the head care market that promises to rock your head. I mean dome. Looks soft, clean, and touchable, and it's trending number one through social media and on YouTube. Introducing Dome Armor. It conditions with moisturizers like coconut oil and shea butter, protects with sunscreen up to SPF 45, and enhances your already sexy dome into an irresistible hands-on experience. Keep your head, I mean dome, safe and protected. Get dome armor. Now available in fresh bacon scent. Sure to get the ladies to come running in fine stores like Walmart and Lowe's. Oh, and for those still struggling with minor hair loss, try Grow Gain. This product will refresh, revitalize, and regrow hair on your dome. Oh, yeah, I was just thinking about growing hair on my dome. Need some of that Grow Gain. Anyway, so let me, uh, this one. Sorry. So yeah, there was the uh, email address I mentioned at the top of the show. So we want your feedback. We want to hear everything you uh, have to say about this episode. You know, how I went through it, how I uh, got things out of order every once in a while, whatever you want to say. Um, or if you want to tell Scott that he needs to be on the show more often, that's uh, fine, too. Go ahead and do that. So I wanted to remind you that we have, on the left-hand side of the website, over there, we have uh, ways for you to give us feedback besides the email address. You can click on... Feedback, of course, and it'll give you a form to fill out your feedback and send it to us. Uh, we have questions of the week, which we're going to get into this week's question here shortly. You can go through and make your vote heard on the question of the week. And then uh, there is a comment section down below that you can uh, explain your answer or uh, say much more about um, the topic. Um, and then, of course, uh, we're on YouTube, and there's a comment section under each video that uh, we have uploaded, so you can comment uh, on the episode, and we will share all of those on the podcast, because we need your feedback to make this more exciting. It's more of an interaction thing. We can uh, get to know you better and understand what you guys want to talk about. All right, so I talked about uh, question of the week, um, and today's question of the week, or this episode's question of the week, is uh, about the future, and uh, most of these questions kind of are, they kind of, you know, the episode brings up things that um, we think might happen in the future, and this one is, does Val break Cassian out of prison to kill him? Because, you know, we saw during the episode that... Um, uh, Luthan's assistant, Kelva, uh, asked Val to find Andor and eliminate him because he's a loose end. Um, so uh, today's question is about that. And I uh, there's several answers you can choose. And of course, if you have comments to expand on the question, go ahead and fill those out at the bottom of the uh, survey. Um, again, all those are on our website on the left-hand side. Question of the week. We've got feedback, and you can uh, go to the uh, listen section there, and there's a listing for all of the web pages that have, or all of the um, 
websites that host our uh, audio version. And then there's a link at the very bottom for YouTube. And you can click on that and see that go directly to our uh, YouTube channel. Um, or type in uh, in your browser, type in videos.rabr.kylesjohansson.us and go directly to our page on YouTube. So uh, please take care of uh, the question of the week. And that should wrap up this this episode. Thank you for listening to the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room Podcast. Please visit our website where you can play current and past episodes. That's https colon backslash backslash rabrkyledrickinson.us That's r-a-b-r dot k-a-i-l-e-j-o-h-a-n S-E-N dot U-S. On the left-hand side is a navigation menu. You can use this to learn how to load the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room podcast on your Android or Apple phone and tablet. And we have direct links to our podcast on Apple and Google Podcasts. Please participate by connecting to our social media, answering questions of the week, or submitting feedback directly from the site. Again, all of these are available at the Rebel Alliance Briefing Room website at R. A-B-R-K-A-I-L-E-J-O-H-A-N-S-E-N dot U-S. This podcast in no way is approved, sponsored, or owned by Lucasfilms LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. All opinions are solely owned by Kyle and or Scott, and in no way express the views or opinions of their past or present employers. Views and opinions are not supported or restricted by Lucasfilms, LTD, Disney, Disney Plus, or any of its subsidiaries. Any rebroadcast, reproduction, or any or other use of this podcast and its affiliate sites without consent of Super Duper Podcast Network and its host is prohibited. I am Kyle Jordan Hansen, and this is Andrew Scott Sutton. Say goodbye now. Goodbye again. Uh, Scott's not here today because he's taking vacation time with his family, which is well-deserved. After all those extra hours he was working, um, I hope that when he gets back from his vacation, he doesn't have to go back into all those extra hours again. Um, But he might. He likes to work. Thank you for listening. Bye.